Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, a show that celebrates uncertainties through various perspectives and possibilities. So you can inject some inspiration and a dash of that daredevil spirit in your everyday life. I'm your host, Belle Baldoza, a former radio DJ turned storyteller for tech unicorns and a self-confessed pop culture junkie who is on a constant quest to find life's meaning. Join me as we listen to various stories from brave people who found themselves taking the leap at the intersection of I don't know and I can by asking themselves, why not? Welcome to the Why Not Podcast. Today we're exploring a very timely topic at hand, which is a good topic to talk about as people explore different paths this year. It's a forcing function for us to think about what's next. And I have with me here Cheng Long Sun, one of my former teammates at Netflix, and I'm really excited for him to be here. We're going to discuss this interesting journey, navigating some of the world's most interesting tech companies. So a lot of uh, stories and a lot of views, and we've got some pretty thought-provoking questions as well coming right up. So stay tuned all the way. Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, Chai Long. It's so good to see you again. And uh, I know how busy you are, so thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Belle. I'm glad to be part of this and so exciting. So, yeah, I think like it would be great to just uh, share with uh, our listeners here your story and really talk a little bit about your journey, taking the plunge um, into tech, like what you've learned along the way. But maybe before that, we can just uh, talk a little bit about yourself and, and maybe you can share a little bit about who you are and what keeps you busy these days. Okay. Uh, I don't want this to become a biography. So I'll um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have enough time for a biography. I'm exactly. Yeah. My name is Cheng Long and I'm, I was born and raised in China. And I came to Singapore when I was 15 alone because I was lucky enough to get a full scholarship. And then one way ticket, your life changed 17 years later. Wow. Um, now I'm a Singapore citizen and pretty much worked in tech all my life, almost. And most people call me CL because Chenglong is a little bit difficult for some people to pronounce. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I like it. Yeah. So now everybody at work actually call me CL. From a career self, eight years, pretty much mingled in tech circle all along from Facebook to LinkedIn to Netflix to now it. Chinese tech company, which is another big leap. That's my career self. But as a human being, I like peaceful things and appreciate dogs and living the, the kind of the coffee drinking life and try to find times to binge watch shows and animes and games as much as I can. That's a geek at heart. Just going back to that story of yours, coming into Singapore on a one-way ticket and going to school here and just getting started out in the tech world and actually working for some really, I would say, some of the biggest names in tech and what some of those, I would say, big disruptors in that space. Mm. Like, what would you say is that defining moment where you ask yourself, why not? Like that moment where you found yourself at the intersection of I don't know and I can. What is that? Mm -hmm. What is that point that made you decide to enter into the tech world that started off your career? I remember precisely that moment. And I can't even conjure up that image in my head. 
actually the mentality is so similar to a lottery mindset. Mm -hmm. It's that mind that you're never going to get it, but you're going to buy a ticket anyway. So (laughs) I remember specifically, it was uh, campus recruitment from Facebook and they were looking for engineers because I was was in school of computing studying information systems and they had this campus recruitment for the very first time. Facebook then was just on the cusp of becoming a big thing. They were still transitioning, in fact, from that school network out of like Harvard and between the Ivy League schools. And then they're expanding globally. And it was really interesting, right? Because it's a big name, but it's not big like Microsoft back in the day that it was so established or banks. And then it's something, sheer curiosity, but also it's quite intimidating. So I think I had two why not moments compiled on top of each other. Because one of them, A, they're looking for an engineer. I'm not an engineer. I don't, I don't enjoy coding. I think that's not how my mind is wired. I enjoy creativity and design and visual arts and things like that. I actually had the balls to go up there, just chat with them, to be honest. Mm. I wasn't even looking for an application. It was more like, ooh, this is cool. Facebook, is this legit? Is this real? In Asia, really? Is that for <laughs> real? I want to see what's the fuss about because obviously they have a lot of people at their booth and I don't know what got into me. It was So it's the first layer of why not is exactly why the heck not. It's an open campus recruitment. The table is right there. Like <laughs> I'm, I would be missing out if I don't even right. walk up and see what's it about. Maybe even just as, a, as an observer. So you walk up to the table. I remember two people, one woman, her name's Juliana. She's still in, in, in Singapore. And the other was actually this recruiter coming all the way from the U.S. and just for that campus recruitment. And the table was very humble. It was mm-hmm. just really a blue table cloth in Facebook color with Facebook right. logo on it. That's it. Two banners standing on the side. And then you kind of just talk to them. What what's, this is out and then they're looking for fresh recruits for the Asia office because they just opened. And then there we, we ended up chatting and find out more about what Facebook is about. So that's my first why not moment. You just approach the table. The second was they're looking for engineers, coders, builders to be part of the, the team. And you're like, that's not something I'm, I'm, I'm doing. But prior to that, I had an internship at um, Lucasfilm which is a big name um, in the movie industry. They made Star Wars and all that. So with that, it gave me some confidence and go say, I'm not an engineer. I did this in the previous summer. I don't know what's coming up over here, but I'm interested because it's like that new thing in town, that freshness that kind of draw to you. So out of sheer curiosity, you started chatting. So after that campus recruitment, I left my resume. I chatted with them. And the U.S. recruiter was Alice. We, were, we had a great chat. I had a good connection. I just left my resume and, and that's it. And I never heard of it because my mentality was like lottery. Most likely 99% of the time, you're not going to get an answer back, which is all expected. I think I haven't heard from them for three weeks. Hmm. And then as a last draw, do I want to be part of the team? Of course you are. And you think about it after three three weeks, but you also prepare for the worst because it's expected that you most likely won't get anything or 
reply because they're so overwhelmed. Now, they were there in the campus for about two days, I think, and hundreds, if not thousands of students approach. And who the fuck are you in that crowd? So three weeks later, I wrote a thank you note, also thinking, well, not going to get a reply, most likely. And then you guess what? <laughs> to my surprise, I think about a day later, you get a you get a reply from Alice, and it was really thrilling. And then she was profusely apologetic, saying that the campus recruitment event went way beyond their expectations. They got a huge pile of resume. And she said, I'm so sorry, but I remember speaking to you, but I lost your resume in the pile. Could you send me again? Next thing I know, I got an interview back-to-back, two rounds, with, with a head of marketing in, in the APAC office and another of her peer next week. And then there began my journey into tech. And then you go to the interview, also just be yourself, but also try to obviously put the best foot forward and, and show them what you can do and show them your passion because it's cool because you get to go to their office. And once you go to their office with all the... That's back in 2012, where offices are were cubicles. The open office at that time, we were still very far away from that. I was just blown away with the pillars, exposed ceilings, and graffiti inside the office. It's nothing that you expect out of an office. But also, I always knew that I don't want to be one of those kind of white-collar drones. I had this image, mental image of a Star Wars droid. And if you put them in a suit, it would be the same. Everybody's right. going to work every day on the same hour. And I always wanted to do something different. As in, I wanted not for the sake of being different, but rather I don't, I think the thought of being a, a, a mindless drone going through my routine scares me more than anything. I always wanted to do something creative and different, kind of in a good way, not in a bad way, like being weird. Apart from the refreshing office environment that blew you away, how big was this? How small, rather, was the team back then? So the team was less than 50 people, not around 30 to 40-ish. You pretty much meet uh, the heads and the leaders directly. Mm -hmm. There wasn't so much layers, and it's very flat. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it's the right balance of ignorance and it, sometimes ignorance is a bliss because you didn't realize how senior they are. I remember, so Facebook had office back then on the 14th floor, had this outdoor balcony, right? I had my interview as conversations and chats at the kind of the standing cocktail table they have outside. So you didn't feel like, oh, I'm meeting head of marketing for APAC and this scary glass office. So that probably helped to build that ignorance and mm -hmm. you weren't as nervous. You were just having a conversation like, this is what I can do. This is why I'm excited about this. And with that, again, with that curiosity, right? It's curiosity and excitement about... There was this. just that general air, like a fact. Yeah, because yeah. you just feel like it's surreal. It's surreal to have Facebook in Asia so early back then. And that was like, what, eight years? Just before their IPO. So... I wasn't, I didn't even know what IPO was, to be frank, but it's just mm -hmm. this cool kid on the block that you hear it and it's, it's a real company, it's a real deal. You just don't think it's real. And, and you try to go through that experience while putting your best foot forward and hope for the best. To be honest, the why not is precisely because you cannot control the outcome. 
whatsoever. I'm most likely not going to get it. And what do I have to lose? Literally nothing. You lose nothing. It seems like this has mm. carried you carried you pretty far, right? Like into your career. And it has opened a lot yeah. of doors for you ever since. I, I think a lot of people would be very curious with all the amazing opportunities that has been presented to you since then. What are some of the lessons you've learned so far? Oh God, the biggest lessons. Ah, ah, ah. That is so hard. There are so many, but also so few. If you're talking about the biggest lesson, one really sounds like a cliche, the so-called courage mm. aspect. Of it. You need lots of it because you don't know what the future holds and you need to have a lot of courage to just give it a try. But also at the same time, don't expect anything and be okay with having nothing in return, even though you have given it all. And it's tough to swallow every single time. So dealing with rejections, having courage to reach out to these companies to even just to try. And when the rejection actually comes, because there are also companies that are tech companies that I applied for and didn't get the job. When the And there are ones that actually you go so close, literally the last final step, and then you get a rejection. Then you... Yeah, exactly. I got rejected at Facebook at the last step. Yeah, and, and, and I got rejected at Spotify at the last step. Even flew to Japan to interview. I know, right? So um, it's so courage and, and mm. being okay to deal with rejection is one of the lessons and I'm still learning on the journey. It got better, but you constantly have to remind yourself. The second is actually to have resilience and be patient hmm. because all we experience in tech, there's a saying back in Facebook in the day with their famous posters, every day here feels like a week. So it means so many things. It means you are moving really fast. It means your workload is disproportionate to what other average employees, other big conglomerate companies are experiencing the long hours, the crazy ride, and the almost ecstasy of that thrill when you see the company's triple-digit growth, 100% in a quarter or something. That's just unreal. There's a thrill and the adrenaline rush that comes of that. But also it kind of distorts your expectation that everything can be fast. Everything is astronomical numbers, that it, it distorts your worldview. You that's why, to be honest, I blame tech to breed this instant reward culture because all you hear is overnight success. Right. Right. Seemingly overnight success. And the media portray it such way because that's more eyeball grabbing and it's more epic than somebody worked for a decade and finally having that break. I feel like tech has been largely responsible for the glorification of the hustle culture, right? It pressured a lot of people then to look at the lens of, okay, if you're not into the hustle, then you're not going to be successful. Mm. Totally agree. So the hustle thing is something that I totally despise because it's, it's mimicking the surface rather than really learning what was the magic behind it. It's led a lot of people into, oh, if I don't sleep, it's basically working like before the financial crisis in the 90s, working like a banker. 
you sleep at 3 a.m. and then you wear that as a badge of honor and you hustle. You think that's the recipe to success and it's not. It's the thing that made the tech companies different. I think at least in the early days, everyone was so purpose-driven and passionate. I think that's the real magic because when you are so passionate and deeply believe in what you do is purposeful, fulfilling, and helpful to people. There's no such thing called hardworking because you are enjoying it. It's not that you're suffering the 3 a.m. and then next day tell it to your friends, I slept at 3 a.m., really proud of that, but you were exhausted. And I remember when I was just so blinded by such passion and belief, I work until 5 a.m. for a special project. Self-motivated. Nobody asked me to. And that was because you wanted to do that. I also enjoyed doing that because I felt like that was a moment of self-fulfillment. Like yeah. I was helping for a cause that I believe in. And I, if I see my work go out there influencing millions of people, who well, I hope it did, you felt rewarded by that mission itself. You were not thinking about time, money, hmm. career progression, promotion. Is this going to look great on my, you know, annual review? You're not thinking about any of that. Right. You're just thinking about that thing that you enjoy and that you have so much passion for. You're just pinching yourself. I am using my own creativity to help a company that's going to go out, build a product that influences millions of people. I actually get a chance to do that. It seems to me that in your early days, like being in tech and I really can relate to this as well. A lot of the work that you've done was really filled with passion. And, and so how do you think has this changed uh, through the years and now in your current work? Would you say that you're still in the same frame of existence, like in terms of looking at your work from a lens of passion? Or have you become more realistic about it at this point in time? Or have you become a little bit disillusioned? I think over the years, you start to balance it. Hmm. And, and it's not, I think the underlying driven factor didn't change. It's still the passion. It's still the sense of fulfillment. Anybody right. who wants to do a meaningful, rewarding job is that you want to feel useful, like in a good way, not for money, not for something more than money and materialistic rewards. You want to be a useful human being. Other people were actually thinking the money is the ultimate goal. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's not who I am and that's not what pursues me. So underlying, that's still what's driven me. But I think I'm no longer blinded by the craze because it, it is a craze. It's it, and why I say not blinded is sometimes you are, you're also hurt by the fact that it's not as dreamy and perfect as you thought. For example, maybe over the years, your company that you used to believe so wholeheartedly is the, is the positive thing for humanity could also get so big that it caused some harm. Right. And, and then you think, did I, in its early days, help to do that? How do you deal with the guilt? And sometimes you disagree with the CEO's reaction to current affairs. I used to tie my self-worth to the company. And then over the years, you start to have this shift about individual identity. Who is CL? It's not CL who work at Netflix, work at Facebook, but who is CL when you strip away these company names? 
what do you what do you stand for are you doing something useful are you doing something for the good so the balance becomes untying your identity to those companies they will forever be part of who you are but they be defining who you are it's really important to draw that line i used to work at those companies that's but rather i remember leaving the first tech company then you you basically had this whole identity crisis who am i and i think 2020 right has been obviously a crazy year mm-hmm. i mean and that's an understatement but i think it has also been a year of reckoning um like with technology and its ability to build and destroy institutions and yeah. belief systems i think at this point in time this is also forcing function for everyone in the tech space to really look into themselves and revisit the values that they have as people like as compared to the values that have been inculcated in them by the company because yeah 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 i used to almost think my personal value is practically the posters coming out of the walls of facebook wow my god i still quote them almost immediately out of my head but i think over the years you absorb them and made them your own i didn't realize back then but i realize now it's that it, it resonated with some of the fundamental qualities of yourself as a human being based on how you grew up what are the childhood experiences that gave you those beliefs they resonated with fundamental qualities of what you believe for example uh, move fast and break things you believe in um not getting bogged down by nonsensical processes move right. at a purposeful speed the other one for example what do you what would you do if you weren't afraid it's more about having courage right it's precisely about this topic the why nots you got to ask the why nots and you got to behave and act out the why nots so it might not be articulated in that way but it resonated with you so i think back then i thought my values are the company values mm-hmm. but now i i think that it's more like the company's values sometimes when they are articulated in a certain way it resonated with my fundamental values like those were my values to begin with rather than the company instilled those values in me i think like that really connects back to what made you have that why not moment to to join that company and and it led you somehow to really pursue that because some parts of that what it stood for and what it believed in resonated with you but yes mm-hmm. being in tech as well for for some time now i feel like there's been a lot of talk about the Kool-Aid because every mm-hmm. company has its own mission and vision and values and cultural mm-hmm. decks yeah. and i think 2020 has been such a forcing function for for people to just really rethink their life and how they've been able to put things in perspective where mm. they stand versus where the companies they work for stand the Kool-Aid or the propaganda whatever you're calling it it is brainwashing uh, uh, sometimes and i think this year forced people to really examine are they just chanting it or are they actually believing in it yes absolutely and moreover also are they living it It's really great to hear somebody's perspective like yours because you've seen the spectrum, right? You came into tech at the time where it was essentially like at its nascent stage in Asia, and now we're at a very different stage where some of these uh technologies are challenged 
and their impact on humanity is being questioned. It's not like people are accepting that they are intrinsically good for society. What, what do you think makes someone thrive in these spaces throughout these different times? Mm. I think what makes people thrive is a strong word, but survive is more <laughs> of an important <laughs> word. Um, I feel people all say that they thrive in such mm. environment, but I think the... So to answer your question, I think that the thing is really to embrace change and be comfortable mm. with change. Right. But that also leads into why I say I don't think anybody is thriving. And that might be really generalizing and I might get a lot of fire in it. But what I'm saying is my perspective is more around change is against human nature. Most people, if not all, will be uncomfortable. No one actually just gets really thrilled by unknown and change because that goes against thousands of years of human survival instinct. The important thing is, and why I say the so-called embrace change is when change and unknown is in front of you, how you react is the key to thrive in tech, which in my terms is to survive tech. Because change <laughs> yes. is constant and unknown is the constant. Right. And the comfort level, I it's more about how building up your resilience and tolerance and your quick on your feet, reacting to change in a positive way, having level-headed when you face the extreme highs and the extreme lows. Those are the key that will carry you through the crazy world of tech. And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's enough people talking about the negative emotions that when these things come through, I always thought everyone else is just jumping and with thrill and excitement are genuinely happy when things are changing every day, sometimes multiple times in a day. I, I just, am I the weirdo that just, I feel uncomfortable rather than comfortable by this? Why am I not excited by this? The real key is, okay, most people are feeling that way. What are you going to do about it? It's very critical to, A, start accepting yourself. Those are normal emotions. Yeah. Um, anxiety, worrying, and just fear. These are normal reactions. Everybody has them. I basically went through, I, I got over the hump that I'm not the weirdo. I'm normal <laughs> as everybody else. It's just people are not talking about their fears because it's somehow in the career, in a work environment, that makes you weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not supposed to show your vulnerabilities. But I think... As the world changes and evolves, I think authenticity is the way to go in the future. And being a real human being is the way to go in the future. The career books or advice that we receive in our generation, in our 30s, were really out of date. You know, you're supposed to be an emotionalist machine. You cannot show any weakness. You need to fake it till you make it. Oh my God, hustle hard. These are the things that sounds great, but are terrible advice. Be real, accept who you are, process your emotions, but take action. As tech has become such a byword, I feel like every company right now is a tech company. Everyone wants a tech job thinking that it's somehow like the most glamorous job out there. What is one or a few small steps that people can take 
to really explore this if this is something that they want to do. And in your words earlier, take action about it. I don't know how many advice I'm going to give, but probably three. I think step one or step zero, more importantly, step zero is to have a hard look about yourself. Like why? Find the why. Find the why you want to go into tech. Don't go into tech because it's hot, it's the craze. It's the apparently the golden ticket to instant rich. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. It, in media, it portrays that way. In, in reality, it does not happen like that. There are success stories of overnight riches, sure. But also there are many stories of people being fired left and right over a minute, over a call this year. It's happening everywhere. And it could also suddenly end. I think step zero is really to be sure about the why you want to join this. What is that undying drive? Behind. It could be anything. It could be you're genuinely interested in technology. You're genuinely believing in the, the companies you're applying for mm-hmm. or you felt passionate about that. It has to go beyond the money, the, the six-digit potential of six-digit salaries. I don't think six-digit salaries is the norm right now, and especially after taxes. It's about the same as any other job. So step zero is be really clear about the why. And if you're really sure you want to give this a shot, then by all means, go for it. The second advice is don't be blinded by the glossy facade. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to think this is that magical pill. This is the magical job. Your life will be set from here on out. And this cool company is going to solve all of your problems, your existence. Ah, ah, ah. This cool company gonna. is going to solve all your problems. Biggest misconception ever. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't. Will you be proud of where you work? Absolutely. But be sure not to lose yourself. Do not tie your own identity to the company that you work for. To be honest, get to a place. And I think the last piece of advice we shall lead into is to be sure of who you are and never lose yourself because it's basically the world of tech is a crazy Hollywood after party after the Oscar show. Right. It's all the cool, all the celebrities, all this stuff is going to be there. You have insane amount of craze and the ambience, the vibe, the, the lights, the sound. It will stimulate you on all fronts, but don't lose yourself because you're worth more than a company that you work for. Your yeah. life goes a long way. Absolutely. Companies come and go. Be sure to... Give it your best while you are at these companies, absorb as much as you can and grow to be a better person. But do not tie yourself to be part of the company too much and lose who you are in the end. I'm forever grateful for every single company that I have worked for and every single company I walked out of it becoming a better person and absorbed a facade of what made them magical to be my learnings and made me into a better human being. And it's an endless pursuit because I want to grow and to be a better human being. Whether into tech or any other job, I think all of these pieces of advice are very valuable. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom um, with us. I think apart from being one of my, the, the colleagues that I really enjoy working with, like you're a really good friend and I really appreciate the knowledge that you've shared with me through the years. Likewise, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
And thank you for listening to the Why Not Podcast. We hope we've helped inspire and empower you to ask yourself why not and find out what's next for you. For everyone who's tuned in, we would appreciate it if you could show some love for this podcast by leaving us a review on this channel or feel free to send us questions, suggestions, rants, and raves all welcome at hello at whynotpodcast.com. For the latest and greatest, follow us on our social media channels at Why Not The Podcast. Until next time, sending good vibes your way. Bye.